Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Why don't wish you a happy, no, not Valentine's, Inflation Day. Yep, where members of the Biden administration and the Democrats celebrate that Americans can't do math. I'm literally sitting here, folks, coming unglued. Watching Fox News report that inflation is down. And then I flip over to the business channels. Oh, it's down. It's 6.5%. They're so excited because they can't do math. Or maybe it's that as apologists for the administration, they refuse to do math. Here's how inflation math actually works. Last January, the inflation rate was a staggering 7.5%, more than triple the normal rate of inflation in America, which is around uh, 1.4, 1.5, 1.9 at the worst. Trump hopefully left us a very low 1.5% inflation rate. That's what the inflation rate was in January of 2021 when Trump left office. By January of 2022, it was a staggering 7.5%. Well, the new rate just came out January 2023, a staggering 6.5%. As Americans and mathematical idiots, many of us cheered, hooray, it's down. No, it's not. You have to add the 6.5% for January 2023 to the 7.5% from January 2022. And what do you get? Something that looks more like what the prices have done at your grocery store. You get a staggering 14 percent inflation rate in just two years. Yeah, it's cumulative. And that's what they won't tell you. I don't know why they won't tell you on Fox News. That's 6.5 percent from January 2023 is on top of the 7.5 percent from January 2022. So if prices have gone up 13.9 percent in two years since Joe Biden's taken office, I rounded up to 14. What does that mean? Well, it means that prices have gone up in two years about as much as they do in slightly under a decade. And what does that mean? If Congress keeps printing the way that they are in a decade, prices will have gone up in a decade by about as much as they do in a half century. They're about 50 years. Does that bring it home for you? It's staggering. 
What it means is if we continue printing money like we are in a decade, Americans will be dirt poor. And yeah, I know the Fed's tapered off for now, but I also know they'll be firing up the printing presses here soon. How do I know? Because they're going to have to pay for the omnibus that Congress passed in December. A trillion dollars worth of which, a trillion out of 1.7, they'll have to print because we don't have the real money for it. What does this mean? Well, I'll tell you what's happened here. The way that Washington, D.C. sees this thing is that the Democrats were the party most tied to inflation. Then they didn't really suffer any kind of repercussions for that in the midterms. Sure, they lost the House, but they gained seats in the Senate. That's a zero-sum game. The way it was taken was that the American people have accepted the idea of generally living with six to seven, maybe eight to nine, but definitely six to seven percent inflation year after year. Again, even at the 6 to 7% rate, we're dirt poor in a decade. And look, the folks in the swamp know this. They just figure we've reconciled ourselves to it, and they plan to print like lunatics. Plus, they're kind of going to have to after Joe Biden's spending spree and the spending sprees on COVID. Because here's a little-known fact. We just shattered the all-time interest payment record. That's right. Out of that $1.7 trillion omnibus package they rammed down our throats in December, $350 billion of it will go just for interest. Here's a problem with that. According to the Congressional Budget Office, interest payments are the fastest growing area of the budget now. And in about eight years, they will be at $1.1 trillion. Think about that. That's what we spend on our military every year. That's why if anything were to happen to the dollar, well, we default because we're going to have to print to pay the interest on all the money we borrowed. Let me put this in terms the average family can understand. Say the federal government was actually like your family. It would make $44,000 a year, but spend $58,000 a year in this scenario. But wait, there's more. You'd be making $44,000 a year, spending $58,000 a year, and in 10 years, obligations of another million dollars would have to be paid. But that 44 k salary, it wouldn't go up much. Now, can you understand why we had to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? We are a desperate country. In fact, looking at the desperate need that we have to keep our printing press and to keep it going... You can understand why we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline the way that we did. See, most Americans think we just blew up the Nord 2, the gas pipeline that hadn't started flowing yet. That's true. We did. But we also blew up part of the Nord 1, which had been delivering, as I've explained before, natural gas to Germany since 2011. In other words, we cut Germany's natural gas supply in half. People think of the Nord attack as an attack on Russia. Then it was. It'll hurt them economically. But they weren't the primary target. Germany was. Why? Because we panicked when Russia was saying to Germany, hey, you could buy all this cheap natural gas. Some of it they resell. It was so cheap. But you got to pay in rubles. Germany went, eh, thumbs down. Then Russia said, well, maybe I'll let you pay in your own currency. How about that? anything but dollars and Germany went hmm they were on the cusp of taking that deal when we blew up the Nord that's why our attack on the Nord was an attack on Germany primarily not Russia and they know it look folks the times that are coming are gonna get raucous they're gonna be tough 
they're going to require from the position of the globalists a real firm hold on the American people, an authoritarian hold, the kind we've never seen in this country before. And it appears the FBI is well on their way and that they're perhaps creating an enemies list. Aside from the maybe UFOs invading our airspace, this is the most shocking story I've put my hands on in a while. It comes to us from New York City, where fired unvaccinated workers are suing the city. In the process of them suing the city for damages for being fired for not getting the vax, discovery in the case turned up something shocking. City employees weren't just fired. Their names, social security numbers, and get this, fingerprints were turned over to the FBI. For what? The crime of being unvaccinated? The crime of questioning the federal government? Apparently so. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And it's becoming a real problem because now the names of those unvaccinated New York City workers, they are police, they're fire, they're teachers, they're janitors, um, are flagged in the justice files within state and federal criminal justice records. Wow. Pre-employment background checks are now flagging them with problem codes and tagging the applicant as a potential criminal risk simply for being unvaccinated. Here's the lawyer for these poor unvaccinated, uh, now criminal political dissidents, I guess, in court in New York last week talking about it. Um, but, but something we didn't have room to address in the letter. Not only do they have this flag in their files, but their fingerprints are sent with that flag to the FBI and the New York Criminal Justice Services. So it impacts their ongoing ability to get employment at other places. So, Many Mr. Of- Bursta, would you at least concede? Do you catch the judge diving in to silence him there? Anyway, she clearly wanted to change the subject. Uh, anyway, several of these folks appeal, appeared on Fox News this morning to talk about how they're having trouble getting jobs now. Folks, here's the question. How big is this FBI unvaccinated database? Why would they actually receive this information? Did other localities, companies turn names over? Is this a dissidence list? What the heck? Meanwhile, the government's ongoing battle against free speech and determination to shut down anyone but the mainstream media rolls on. This one is a shocker, although we got a win, so it's good news. Turns out the government's been secretly demonetizing some pretty big names in the alternative media. How do they do it? Say you're a big corporation, Ford, GE, and you want to place an advertisement campaign. Well, you go to a corporate digital ad company and they do your online advertisement placement. Well, of course, you don't want your ad next to something kooky. So guess what the big ad companies use? Something called the Global Disinformation Index to make sure ads don't end up on misinformation websites. Well, what is the disinformation index? Turns out it's just a list of very good conservative media sites. 
that are being blackballed. Among them, get this, the New York Post. That's right. The only mainstream media outlet to get the Russia collusion hoax correct, but also to get the Hunter Biden laptop story correct. So why would they be on the Global Disinformation Index, but the mainstream media wouldn't? It's because this is about silencing anything that doesn't repeat the lie, doesn't repeat the narrative. And who funds the Global Disinformation Index? Congratulations. You do. Specifically, the State Department has pumped hundreds of thousands of dollars into that group. Now, you want to know the real funny part? Who does the Global Disinformation Index consider a solid source of news? NPR? The Huffington Post? And get this, BuzzFeed, which helped to kick off the Russia collusion hoax around Donald Trump with what? Publishing the Steele dossier, which was fake. But they're a great source of news. You should totally advertise there. Well, this blacklist kept ads from going to the New York Post, the Daily Caller, the Washington Examiner, real credible sites that have gotten these stories right year after year, day after day. In the process, stealing millions from them. Again, in in ad revenue, while that ad revenue went to disinforming sites that have gotten every major political story of our age flat wrong. Why? Because they were lying. The whole thing is rigged. Now, the good news is after an investigation by the Washington Examiner, one of those who was demonetized with the help of our federal government, Microsoft was actually forced to remove the blockers that it was using And it had put them there because of information from the Global Disinformation Index uh, to block ads from going on these sites. So at least with Microsoft, they can begin to get some of their ad revenue back. Ad revenue they earn based on the hits and clicks they earn. In other words, they have audiences. People like them. People rely on them. But the federal government has decided they're not allowed to make money because they're not disinforming. Finally, my favorite story of the day that tells us everything we need to know about the direction the Democrat Party's going, and that direction is straight to hell. Literally. Did you catch the absolute uproar, the barely contained rage on the left over the fact that a group ran He Gets Us pro-Jesus ad? Folks, this is the most milk toast of stuff. Hey, Jesus loves you. He wants you to make peace with your enemy. That's it. That was a message. And the left was in a rage that it ran during the Super Bowl. How dare they run anything encouraging worship? Why, this was an assault on the very separation of, uh, I don't know, sports and church or something. CNN and MSNBC melted down over it. Outraged that someone would spend $20 million promoting Jesus. How could such a thing be allowed? Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez doubled down on with this tweet. Something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. So remember, these people are on their high horse, horrified that worshiping Jesus would be part of the Super Bowl. What does that tell us? Well, rewind a week and Who headlined the Grammys for the second year in a row? Who opened the Grammys? That big liberal celebration of Hollywood and all things cultural? Satan did. And given that it was year two 
that the dancers were featured grinding on Satan. It can't be an accident. The Grammys are deliberately seeking out a Satan theme for two years in a row. Folks, if you saw the video from last year, I mean, it's literally the Antichrist. And this was the second year they had a guy dressed as Satan and people grinding on him. Except this year, they blew it up big because they didn't get the notice they wanted last year. With the performer tweeting out uh, that there would be Satan worship at the Grammys. His words, not mine. Satan worship. CBS, you'll recall from Battleground last week, retweeted that tweet because CBS was promoting the Grammys as their production. CBS, from their official account, tweeted, we can't wait to worship, as in worship Satan. And we know they meant worship Satan because they were retweeting his tweet saying there'd be Satan worship at the Grammys. Well, that's specifically worship right there, right? That's a religion. That's worship. Where's the left screaming about worship being part of the Grammys? Nowhere. Because they're totally cool with worship as long as you're worshiping Satan. By the way, it took a week for the uproar over that CBS tweet to finally hit home. They deleted it, but it was up for almost a week. CBS official Twitter account, y'all. We can't wait to worship. Yeah, as long as it's Satan. Dear God, these people. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.